0: And having done that, having entrusted them to you, just to focus on you, praising you, and worshiping you, I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, amen. Just want to say good morning to you, and uh, Willa Dean is not feeling well today, so she won't be with me on camera, uh, that that doesn't help improve my appearance, um, but uh, she, she will be back most likely on Wednesday and, of course, next Sunday. But thank you for being here, and Brother Chris, please lead us in worship. Thank you. Well, good morning. Good to have you with us today.
1: Hope everybody's been having a good week so far and uh, had a good weekend and uh, looking forward to another good week. But we are glad that we're here today in the house of the Lord. We're here to praise his name and lift up his name in worship. And we're going to do that with a song, Your Name. The words are on the screen. Let's stand as we sing.
2: and evening fades, you inspire songs of praise that rise from earth to touch your heart and glorify your name. Your name is a strong and mighty tower, your name is a shelter like no other your name let the nation sing it louder because nothing has the power to save but your name jesus in your name we pray come and fill our hearts today jesus in your name we pray Come and fill our hearts today. Lord, give us strength to live for you and glorify your name. Your name is a strong and mighty tower. Your name is a shelter like no other. Your name. Let the nation sing it louder Cause nothing has the power to save But your name Is a strong and mighty tower Your name Is a shelter like no other Your name Let the nation sing it louder Cause nothing has the power to save But your name Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go, there's within my heart heaven flow jesus 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 sweetest name i know fills my every longing keeps me singing as i go all my life was wrecked by sin and strife this could fill my heart with Across the broken strings, stirred the slumbering chords again. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. fly to worlds unknown, I shall reign with him on high. All, bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Bring forth the royal diadem, crown him Lord of all. Let every kindred, every tribe, on this terrain. Right. seated
1: and as you are join me as we pray heavenly father we thank you so much that we can gather in your house today and worship you and we do crown you as lord of all father and we lift up your name because your name is the only one that has the power to save and we want to proclaim that today and we want to hold on to that and share that with others today And let that be our song today, that your name is the only one that has the power to save him. I thank you for those that are gathered here. I thank you for their desire to be a part of this church family and desire to be here to worship you. And I just ask that you would hear our praises. May they be pleasing and glorifying to you, for it's in your name that we pray. Amen. I'd like to share this scripture with you today from Acts chapter 13. And this is what it says. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and contradicting and blaspheming. They opposed the things spoken by Paul. Then Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, it was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first. But since you reject it and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us, I have set you as a light to the Gentiles, that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. Now when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was being spread throughout all the region. But the Jews stirred up the devout and the prominent women and the chief men of the city raised up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. But they shook off the dust from their feet against them and came to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. And we are called to do likewise, to share the word with those around us. We are to be like clay in the potter's hand. Let's stand together as we sing the potter's hand.
2: wonderful Savior, I know for sure. All of my days are held in your hands, crafted into your perfect plan. You gently call me into your presence, guiding me by. Your Holy Spirit, teach me, dear Lord, to live all of my life through captured by your holy calling set me apart. I know you're drawing me to yourself. Lead me, Lord, I pray. Take me, mold me, use me, fill me. I give my life to the potter's hand Mail me, guide me, lead me, walk beside me I give my life to the potter's hand Beautiful Lord, wonderful Savior, I know for sure all of my days are held in your hands crafted into your perfect plan you gently call me into your presence guiding me by your holy spirit teach me dear lord to live all of my life through Captured by your holy calling Set me apart I know you're drawing me to yourself Use me, Lord, I pray Take me, mold me Use me, fill me I give my life to the potter's hand Call me, guide me, lead me, walk beside me, I give my life to the potter's hand, take beside me I give my life to the potter's hand I give my life to the potter's hand
1: I ask you to bow your head and close your eyes and Lisa if you would just continue to play through that a little bit and let's just uh, take some time to think about these words that we just sang that uh, we are the clay in his hands and We don't always understand the plan. We don't always understand what God has in store. But we know this. We know that we can trust him to shape our lives, to guide us. And we have to be willing. That's the thing. We have to be willing, just like the song says, to call me, guide me, lead me, and walk beside me. We give our lives to the potter's hand. We talked about that in Sunday school this morning that it's about sacrifice if you want to have joy if you want to have fulfillment it's about sacrifice sacrificing yourself to the will of the father and to follow him wherever he may lead and as I said we don't always understand but we know that we can trust that he will always be there to walk beside us and that nothing will ever separate us from his love Father, as we are here today, help us to live the words of this song. Help us to be the clay in your hands, Father, for you to guide us, to mold us, to shape us, to lead us. Help us to be used of your will to do what you would call us to do. We thank you so much that you love us enough to want to walk beside us. You love us enough to want to lead us. And we just thank you so much for that. And we know that if we follow your word, if we follow your will, we will find true joy. We will find happiness and we will find fulfillment. We just thank you so much for your love for us as we continue to praise you in this hour. Just help us to focus upon you and put ourselves completely in your hands and to trust everything that you do. For it's in your name that we pray. Amen. And we do have a story to tell to the nations that will turn their hearts to the right. Let's sing this together.
2: We've a story to tell to the nations that shall turn their hearts to the right. A story of truth and mercy, a story of peace and light. A story of peace and light. For the darkness shall turn to dawning. And the dawning to noonday bright. And Christ's great kingdom shall come on earth. The kingdom of love and light. We've a message to give to the nations that the Lord who reigneth above hath sent his Son to save us and show us that God is love and show us that God is love for the darkness shall turn to dawning and the dawning to noonday bright on earth, the kingdom of love and light. We've a Savior to show to the nations who the path of sorrow hath trod, that all of the world's great peoples might come to the truth of God, might come to the truth. Darkness shall turn to dawning and the dawning to noonday bright. And Christ's great kingdom shall come on earth, the kingdom of love and light.
3: Heavenly Father, we do thank you this morning for all your goodness to us. And Father, we thank you that you are the Light of the World, and we can Turn to you that any problem, any anxiety we have, Father, that we, you are the great physician, that you are the light of the world. And, Father, we pray this morning now as we receive this offering, that we'll, it will be used to glorify your kingdom. And, Father, we, we just thank you that we can give back, that you have blessed us all so richly. We pray now that you'll be with Chris and Keith as they bring the message to us this morning and pray that you'll forgive us for all the ways we failed you. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: again and uh, invite you to take your uh, sermon handout, your listening guide, and we'll be reading about the parable of the soils today, some truths about humanity. Uh, I might say that this is often referred to as the parable of the sower and the seed, and that's certainly uh, more than a legitimate title. It's probably more traditional than what I'm calling it as parable of the soils, but this passage as I understand it puts the target squarely upon people and how the gospel is received, and we'll say more about that in next week's message as well, the the responsibility that we, once we receive the gospel, what what responsibility uh, do we have, and it will just scratch the surface on that subject, but today I want to read to you, first of all, under the uh, first point, all are obligated to hear the gospel and teachings of Christ. All are obligated to hear the gospel and teachings of Christ. Now, in a sense, uh, this is uh, a different angle than many passages which encourage us to be proactive in going into the world with the gospel, and certainly that mandate is there, that Christians should, uh, both through missions and evangelism, both on a local and a personal level, as as well as uh, enabling missionaries to go that, you know, we, we have a story to tell to the nations. And I'm, I just want to say so many of the songs that we sang today, as, as they often are, are right on target with this message. And this passage puts the bead, the target on people, and not just saved people, uh, the soils. Now, some have seen in this predestination because people will say, well, soils can't choose what kind of soils they are, you know, and the soils represent people. So therefore, um, bad soil just is bad soil. And therefore it's not going to receive the gospel and it didn't choose to be that way. That's just the way it was created, the way it is. See, that's, that's pushing a word picture too far. it, it is, it is not about predestination, it is about choice and the way that people respond to the gospel. Mark uh, chapter 4 verse 1, printed there under point number 1, and again, he began to teach by the sea, and a great multitude was gathered to him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea and the whole multitude that was on the land facing the sea. Then he taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teaching, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And Now, often the the target on passages that are about spreading the gospel target us as Christians to go into the all the world and share the gospel, go ye therefore and teach all nations in Jerusalem in Judea and the uttermost in Samaria in the uttermost parts of the earth. Those mandates are there. But that verse nine pretty well takes in everyone. Now uh I I know that there are some by um Birth defects. Who you know may have been born with what, without ears. So this, this again, is a word picture. It's generally saying, "He who has ears to hear." That's just a way of saying, "Hey, people, whoever you are, listen." And that that, I think this encompasses both saved people and unsaved people. And then there were certainly, almost certainly. There were both kinds, some who were listening to Jesus out of curiosity. Some may have just come along with uh, loved ones or friends and just uh, were, were were listening and just out of curiosity, this rabbi that was gaining such popularity. There were some who were earnest disciples who uh, and many many of this crowd, I hope, are in heaven today, but most likely. Some aren't because they didn't ultimately really accept Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. But the but the verse that really ties a bow around this and talks about the targets, verse nine. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. That everybody who hears the gospel is obligated to hear the gospel and the teachings of Christ. Now, how you respond, it it's implicitly teaches that's that's a choice how you respond. And there, that that becomes uh, also obvious in points number two and three that we'll look at in a moment. But so many different ways that people respond. Now, to use some computer lingo, I think I've used this before, uh, binary. You know, whether to follow Christ or not ultimately is a binary choice, B-I-N-A-R-Y. In computer language, that's when a a, a computer equation and just a small part of it, a tiny part, like a molecule is zero or one in value. I, that's somewhat over my head. I just know it enough to talk a little about it. When we get to the end of the way, when we stand before God, it's going to be, did you accept Christ or not? There's, there's no middle ground. It's, it's either or. It's, it can't be both and. There's no murkiness uh, unlike our Roman Catholic friends, we, we don't believe in purgatory where you work out whatever didn't get worked out on this earth. I don't pretend to be an expert on that topic, but we, all people who spread the gospel, those who hear the gospel, we're not only obligated to respond to the gospel, We we do respond to the gospel. We hear it we hear the teachings of Christ, and whether we accept that with a good heart or a shallow heart or an unbelieving heart, that's, that's a choice that people make. Uh, number two, uh, filling in the outline, that which was once mystery is now available for all to know and for the receptive to receive that which was once mystery, or if you prefer the uh, adjective mysterious, you could write that, is now available for all to know and for the receptive to receive. Some of you have been in church for a good many uh, years and have sat through Bible studies and maybe at one time training union or discipleship training studies. You may at some point in Sunday school or in another class, you may have heard the term Gnostic. Those were people, it was a, a group that, that believed in heresy. They distorted what the gospel was all about. And the word Gnostic means knowledge. And they, they claim to have secret knowledge. And that's, that's just a very small part of what the problem was with their doctrine. Uh, There's not secret knowledge in the Bible. It's all open. The Bible is an open book. It is meant to be understood. Verse 10 says, But when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. And he said to them, To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside all things come in parables. Now that was true at this point. He did speak more plainly to his inner circle of disciples, but hey, now it's recorded in Scripture, the best-selling book in all of human history. Verse twelve: So that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. Well, that's a you know, if you just take that out of context, that's a very odd thing to say. Say, well, you know, if if they if they knew what you were what I was saying to you—that they they might hear, they might understand—says, uh, seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand. But we know that those who are militantly and vehemently rejecting Christ, uh, even this secret knowledge, the mysterious knowledge—not not really secret—but it was a secret that would be well known once Scripture was published and once the gospel went into all the world and especially in all that followed the day of Pentecost and continues to this time of the gospel and the teachings of Christ and all of scripture being spread into the world and leaping barriers. So that which was once mystery, such as uh, the parable that was told and this, this is uh this is unusual because the the scripture printed under point number two is transitional between points number one and three that may go without saying but especially this this is very interesting uh, parable because jesus doesn't always break down uh what the various components of a particular parable mean now that's that's much debated in New Testament class, seminaries, Bible colleges, divinity schools. And, you know, should should we be able to pick apart and dissect a parable and say, this means that. And in in general, unless Christ himself has specifically interpreted the parts of a parable, we ought to avoid doing that. But he did that here. And though this was... This this next part was, apparently was not spoken to the great multitude that's referenced in the first point. It was spoken just to the inner circle of disciples, but now everybody knows it because it's published, publicized on a worldwide basis in the pages of Scripture. So that which was once mystery is now available for all to know and for the receptive to receive. That's true of all of God's word. Genesis to Revelation. Christ, the eternal Son of God, always existed. He was there when the worlds were created. He was there when the pages of Scripture were inspired. And, of course, he put on human flesh. And as Jesus of Nazareth died on a Roman cross, was in the grave for three days, and he rose again and descended back to the Father. And one day he will come back and receive to himself all those who have believed and trusted in him a savior and lord point number three there's some redundancy here in the outline we're going to use the word receive again not all will receive the gospel though the gospel is for all and must be preached to all all right verse 13 he said to them and I best understand this is the inner circle that he said at this point he didn't say at this point but at that point it was mystery But he was explaining them, do you not understand the parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves, so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the world's sake, immediately they stumble. Now, these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word, and the cares of the world, this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire, desires for other things entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Verse 20. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. This is an interesting breaking down of how people receive the gospel. Not everyone receives the gospel, and some seem to receive it, but at the end of the day, they don't. Uh, they apparently don't. Verse 15 Uh, It's a very, very sad picture where it says Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Now, there is choice involved there that uh, it's it's what kind of soil will you be? What kind of soil will I be? Will we receive the gospel or are we going to allow Satan or worldly cares and the riches and other concerns of this world is referenced uh, later? Take it away. Verse 16, 17, it just seems to, you know, probably if you've been around the church for uh, many years or even decades, as I have, and I think many of us in this room have, that um, where someone immediately receives the gospel of Jesus Christ with gladness. But verse 17, I mean, they come forward it's with gladness it may be in a revival it may be in a worship service it may be in bible school it may be someone sharing the gospel with them in their living room they may have even been baptized but uh it just doesn't seem to take uh the you know in in this case it mentions tribulation or persecution for the word's sake you know the gospel of Jesus Christ was not popular during this era. It separated people in families sometimes. And in other cases, it put them at odds with uh, fellow citizens, uh, people in their circle of peers, or even the government, whether the, eventually the Roman government, the local governing authorities that had some limited authority, even under a Roman occupation. Now, we, we don't have that political equation. We're not occupied by any foreign power, but you probably do know people. I mean, someone may have shared the gospel with them in a schoolroom or in standing in a store somewhere in your home or in their home or in the hallway of a church building and they just just seem to almost blossom with joy right before your eyes, but over the long term, and even over, sometimes over the short term, and the medium term, they just didn't stick with it and give any evidence that it, that it was long term, lasting effect, and it was real. Now, forbid that we should point at particular people and say, hmm, I can tell you for sure, oh, so and so's one of them. I saw that years ago. I can tell you when he claimed to get saved, he never darkened the door of a church again. It's tempting to do that. When I read this passage, I have, sadly, I have faces flashed to my mind, people I've known over the years, but the principle and the teaching is there. The individual cases, those, that's for God to judge. He'll sort that out. We, we don't even need to pretend to make a judgment if we wanted to, because if we made that judgment, it's not going to have any internal effect one way or the other. That's between them and God. So, verse eighteen. Again, this is almost you can't serve God and Mammon. The love of money, being the root of all evil, and it just chokes it off and becomes unfruitful. Uh, were those were the people in this verse, verse eighteen and nineteen? Were they really saved? For that matter, what about verse? 16 and 17 the last word in verse 17 is stumble was that is this what you call a lukewarm christian is this in verses 16 and 17 and then 18 and 19 are these the kinds of christians that you know first corinthians 3 tells us uh, will be saved king james said yet so is by fire that the, all their work that they had built on the foundation which is christ would a stable uh, that the judgment fire would reveal what kind of work it was, and it was when it was passed through the judgment fire—not the fires of hell now, but the judgment fire—is kind of like whoosh, it. Wood hay and stubble burns up in fire, or is it gold, silver, precious stones that endures and is purified by judgment fire? Those who built on the foundation with really quality good quality materials. Well, again, that's that's not for us to judge. We need to be concerned about our own Christian life. That there is an expectation that we will bear fruit. There is an expectation that we are created in Christ Jesus unto good works and that there will be uh, resulting good works. And they don't save us. They give evidence that salvation really took place and it's really there but again you can state the general principle the individual cases are for God to judge but the teachings are there not that we may judge other people but that we may look within ourselves in our relationship with God and allow him to guide us and say are, are, are you living an authentic fruit-bearing christian life it's the the passages are there for us to receive what christ said and look at our own lives our individual lives so verse 20 is the beautiful verse the hopeful verse that is the sown on good ground those who hear the word accept it and bear fruit some 30 fold some 60 and some 100 and that's, uh, that almost sounds like the parable of the talents, but I want to hear the word and accept it and bear fruit. That, that should be the, the spiritual ambition and goal of each of us, that we would follow Jesus faithfully. That, point number three, not all will receive the gospel, though the gospel is for all and must be preached to all how do you receive the gospel how do you respond to it yes there are passages where the church is commanded preach the gospel but this is about how the gospel is received and it's saying there is an obligation to respond with yes to Christ and to his teachings and having done that to stick with it with his guidance and empowered and enabled by his Holy Spirit for the long term so that we will truly be disciples of Christ. Okay, at this time, I'm going to ask Brother Chris and ask Lisa to come back and lead us in an invitation uh, song. If there's anyone who needs to respond in any way to the invitation, you are welcome to uh, talk to Chris or call me after the service or talk to anyone here. And uh, if God has laid it on your heart to respond in any way, you do that as we sing. Brother Chris.
1: Let's stand together and sing I Surrender All.
2: Oh. Presence daily live. I surrender.
1: being here with us today and hope you have a good week this coming week and uh, don't forget um, today is the last day for the tools for school and we'll be making our uh, purchase soon and having it shipped directly to the school Um, but be in prayer for the school as they start uh, when when are they starting so they are doing the nine week thing okay Uh, but be in prayer for the schools and the teachers as they Try to navigate this crazy time that we're living in and try to figure out how to do school. And um, be praying for all the churches as we seek to continue to worship and to serve and to do his will. And uh, just be watching the Friendly Fellowship for all the announcements that are coming up. And as always, join us on Wednesday night for prayer time and Bible study. And join us on Sunday morning for Sunday school. We're meeting in the fellowship hall where there's always plenty of room for one more. We've got lots of seats. And there's socially distanced all over the place. So come and join us at Sunday School. But uh, uh, again, we're glad that you could be with us. Let's close with the doxology.
2: Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures